Praise God. Yeah, it's kind of hard to figure out if we're celebrating the 4th today or the 4th next Sunday, so I just said we'll celebrate the 4th of July both Sundays. How about that? Don't know which one. We're stuck right in the middle, so praise God. I'm glad for freedom. How about you? So get your Bibles out, church. And if you would, go to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Um, last week we had Pastor Wynn Goss with us here from Wales preaching and preaching about blessings and being a blessing and the power of the blessing. I encourage you, if you didn't see that message last week, to get it and to uh, you will be blessed by it and learn a lot. And I, I've been preaching on Wednesday nights about uh, your purpose in life. And I preached this message last Wednesday night and then... I can't get it out of my heart. I've got to preach it again. I've changed it up. If you were here Wednesday night, you're going to say, hey, he's just preaching the same message again. No, I, I, it's, it's just different. <laughs> Maybe the same scriptures, the same text, but nothing comes out of my mouth the same twice, okay? And so, uh, it, it, but it's just something I can't get off of my, uh, out of my heart with the Lord about us understanding our purpose in life. And so I saw this quote the other day by uh, Mark Twain, and it said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. And I saw that, I read it, and I was like, wow, that's really prophetic. Two most important days of your life, the day you're born and then the day you find out why. And when I talk to people and I'm I'm, uh, uh, going around in life, I find so many times people are just going through motions in life. Or they set apart a goal or a plan or a dream or a purpose. This is what I want to do. And then they strive to get there. But then when they get there, they find that it's not really satisfying or the journey getting there was rough or, you know, they get there and then things don't work out right. Hello? Are you with me? You're going to dream. You're dreaming the dream. You're dreaming. Oh, I'm just going to get here and I'm going to retire on the beach. And then the doctor gives you a word that says, oh, you've got cancer. Or you had a money market fund and you had all your retirement set up and then something went crazy in the stock market and then boom, you lost everything. And so you didn't have what you had been working so hard for. And I find so many people are doing that and they're, they're just going through the motions because they just say, well, I want to be this or I want to be that or I want to do this. Or then you get the ultra other side of things, the hyper spiritual people who say, well, I don't want to do anything unless I know it's exactly the purpose of God. And they spend their life not doing anything because they can never hear God. Hello? And so they're just going on saying, well, I don't know if this is the right thing to do because I don't know if this is God or I don't know if this is the right thing. And they're just stifled in life. They're doing nothing because they haven't heard this word. The other day I heard about a person who uh, I, I, I asked if they were, well, is so-and-so dating? Not around here, so don't try to figure out who I'm talking about, okay? I have other friends, you know, and so. And I said, are, is so-and-so dating? And they said, well, they haven't actually gone on an official date yet. And I said, well, what do you mean? Well, they don't know if they, that they're going to go on a date because they don't know for sure that they want to be married. And I said, I, I'm lost in the conversation. What are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, they, they come from a background, and, and they're believing that they that you're going to marry, because I used to say this as a youth pastor, be careful who you date because you're going to marry somebody you date. 
So now they've carried it to the extent that they don't want to go on a date with anybody until they know the person well enough or believe they've heard from God that that person could possibly is the person they would marry. And I was like, what happened with just going out and eating a hamburger together and just seeing if the person, if you like the person, you know, how are you going to, this is craziness. So, so now you got the far other side. You got the people over here that are saying, oh, I'm setting this goal and this is what I'm going to do and God bless it because this is where I'm going. And then you got the other person who's saying, God, I don't know what to do because I don't know unless you tell me, I don't know what to take a step because I don't want to make a mistake. Well, I'll honor that, okay, that their heart may be right, but they've gotten so hyper-spiritual that they can't just understand. So I'm shooting right in the middle today. And I'm going to help you walk in your purpose in life. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm, going, to, I'm going to preach a message here to you this morning. It's the greatest message I've ever preached. Look at the person beside you and say it's the greatest message he's ever preached today. Next week will be the greatest message I've ever preached. But today, it's the greatest message I've ever preached. Another quote here. I don't usually do quotes, but I'm just full of quotes this morning. You've, you've probably seen this one. It says, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is good men to do nothing. Edmund Burke said that in 1770, okay? All right. The only thing necessary for the, tri- for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. The only thing that's going to make evil triumph over you is if you do nothing. So then I have a quote today from highly scholared individual that I really think a lot of, Robert Richards. (laughs) I wrote it this way. Evil will triumph when you don't live in the purpose of God. Evil's going to triumph when you don't live in the purpose of God. So we want to talk this morning about the purpose of God, okay? And so the title of this message is My Purpose or Yours. I'm not talking the yours, not me. The yours is God, okay? My purpose or yours. That's what, the, that's what you're going to ask yourself at the end of this message. Do I want to live in my purpose or do I want to live in God's purpose? Y'all with me? All right. So Webster's Dictionary, Webster's Dictionary defines the word purpose as something set up as an object or an end to be attained. So in other words, it's your goal. It's what you're saying. This is where I want to be. I want to do this. I want to accomplish this. Okay, when I was first uh, got saved and got turned on to the Lord and and uh, everything was radically changed. uh, The first person I ever went to see as a evangelist or a a large church service was a man named R.W. Schambach. And if you've ever seen anything of R.W. Schambach or ever seen any of his, he was a wild Pentecostal preacher, man. He 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 always wore a vest. And, and he was a big guy, and he was like a banny rooster on the stage, back and forth. And man, this guy could preach. And I went to San Antonio with a group of people and, and saw him. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, Lord, if I can do that, if I can be him, if I could become R.W. And, and, and have his ministry, he had a tent ministry, running around all over the United States, set up this big tent, people came. He was wild, crazy, you know, people running around the room, you know, all kinds of amazing miracles and stuff happened. I said, that is cool, Lord. This is like beating people up in the Holy Spirit. I love it, Lord. <laughs> this is the greatest thing on the face of the earth. And so I, I, that's what I said. I always wanted to do a tent revival. I always wanted to be a tent preacher. I always wanted to, to, to travel and do that. And there was 
a few years in my life that uh, in the early beginning that, that I did go and I did travel. And one time I got to preach in a tent in Africa. But uh, I, I just always thought this is, I set about a purpose. I set about a goal. I saw something that I liked and I said, God, let make me that. I never stopped and asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? I told him what I wanted to do. Hello? Now, I know you good people wouldn't do something like that, but that's what I did. And all these years, you know, here I am. I didn't say this morning, but we're so blessed that we have Marion and J. Paul Brune with us here this morning. Uh, that were pastors of the Methodist Church here in Utopia, uh, and, and they've been gone for 20 years. I can't believe it's 20 years, but they've been, they were pastors here 20 years ago. We were great friends. I uh, uh, really just loved them, and they've been in the circuit. Now they're going to be the pastors at the Hondo Methodist Church, and so they've been transferred back there, so kind of back in our area. Praise God. But, you know, 20 years ago, I had a different vision. But here I am. 20 years goes by. He's gone out. He's come around. Boom, they come back. Here's still Robert. <laughs> All right. Been around. We've done a lot of things. You know, just shipped two vans to Guatemala yesterday or Friday. So they're on their way. Working with the orphanage down there, doing all that. But anyway, I'm still saying I am not in the tent revival. I didn't become R.W. Shambach. That's what I wanted to do, but I didn't become that. That's what I set about as my purpose, my goal to attain. But God had a different plan. Okay? So it says in, in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, We know that all things work for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. His purpose. Not my purpose. His purpose. Hello? Okay. If you look up the word purpose in the Greek dictionary, it says, you know, almost the same thing, but it says a setting forth of a thing, placing it in view. Okay, his purpose, the setting forth of a thing in plain sight, in view. In other words, keeping it before you, it's his purpose. What is his purpose? I'm telling you, you're going to be successful if you get in agreement with his purpose, not your purpose. It also means to make a thing out of something. I love the way that this, when I was reading the dictionary, they always use the word a thing. I like a thing. To make a thing out of something. Purpose. And then the third definition that it has in there which kind of threw me for a loop because the third word or definition of the word purpose is the showbread. The showbread was the bread that was baked and put in the tabernacle, 12 loaves of bread. Every day the priest made the bread, a special recipe. They put it on the table before the presence of God. And it was called the showbread. And it really is not, we call it the showbread. I don't know if it got a little twisted because of our vernacular, but it's really S-H-E-W. It's really shoebread, not showbread, but we just probably somebody Texanized it. I don't know. Called it the showbread. And it means the bread of his presence. 
Okay? So I'm going to get into that in just a minute, but I want to go on. So God has a purpose, an end to attain. So you can either get in agreement with him or do your own thing. That's the bottom line. You're either going to get in agreement with God and his purpose or you're going to do your own thing. Now, your own thing may be all good intentions. That doesn't mean you're going to go out and say, man, I'm going to go rob liquor stores and cut up black cats in the back of my yard. All right? doesn't mean you have to go totally depraved, right? People have good, good dreams, good visions. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to go totally off track. But you can either get in agreement with his purpose for your life, or you can do your own thing. 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, our works are our purpose, but according to his own purpose and grace which he's given to us in Jesus Christ before time began. God's been thinking for a long time about his purpose, his purpose. He's been thinking a long time about it. Before time began, he was thinking about his purpose. Hello? We spend way too much time trying to figure out why God's not blessing our purpose or our thing. And why didn't it work right? And, oh, God, why didn't this happen? And why did that happen? And, Lord, we spend more time doing that instead of just simply asking, God, what do you want me to do? The world's caught up. People are sidetracked, side, just wrecked in life because they're trying to figure out why did this happen to me in life? Why did this take place? Why did this go? On? God, why did you let this happen? Why did this? And we stop and they and just get totally sidetracked. They get wounded. They get hurt. And they can't progress on in life because they're always looking back at this issue, this thing that happened. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? And I'm not by any means trying to, to make light of the events that happen in our life. But one thing I'm trying to tell you this morning is I'm trying to get you out of the rut. I'm trying to jerk you out. I'm tying uh, uh, the Holy Ghost cable onto you this morning to jerk you out of the rut in life, out of the bar ditch of life, and get you back on track this morning so that you can go ahead and start fulfilling the purpose for your life and feel the power of God flowing in your life, to walk in victory, to see the things that do fall in your path in life defeated. Hello? You may not like it, but bless God, just defeat it. You may not like it, kill it, get it out of the way. Go on. There's things that happen in my life. I don't like it. I wish I didn't have to work in. I wish I could live in Candyland. Huh? I wish I'd go to a doctor sometime and say, look, Robert, I'll tell you something. You're too healthy. You need to eat more apple pie. I've never had a doctor tell me that. You need to eat more apple pie. Here's your prescription. You need two pieces of apple pie a day. You know, I never had that happen. No, no, no. Every time you turn around, they're saying, ah, you know, you need to lose weight. You need to do this. You need to exercise. You need to Nobody ever tells me to eat apple pie. But oh, well. Everybody say, oh, well. Get over it. Right? You got to just pull your, your boots on and just keep on going. 
Something fell down in your life, some tree crashed in your life, something ran across your path, something's blocking your progress. Learn to get it out of the way. Learn to defeat it. Learn to get the chainsaw, the Holy Ghost out, cut that thing up and get it out of the way and don't complain about it. Learn to make the wood firewood and burn it. Give you some heat and enjoy it. Okay? So, in order to do this, you have to start to set about some issues, some things in your life to understand your purpose. Okay? So now go to, you're in the book of Colossians. Or if you aren't turned there, Colossians chapter 1. I want to tell you the first thing. Number one of how you're going to get yourself lined up so that your purpose matches God's purpose. Colossians 1.5 says, Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, the first thing you have to do is you have to quit living for this world and realize your life does not end at death. The first thing you got to do is you got to get a you got to learn that you're not living for this earth. You're living for heaven. It doesn't my life is not going to end. If you don't like me now, you're not going to like me when we get to heaven. I'm going to be around forever. I am going to be around forever. You're never going to get rid of me. I am going to be around forever. I'm going to be in heaven. I'm going to be on the streets of gold. My life for there is going to be longer than it was be on this earth. I'm not living for what I can accomplish for my retirement on this earth and to, you know, get plotted in a nice little green patch. Bless God, I'm living for eternity. You have got to set your sights bigger than what you're looking at. Do not set a goal to just come to a place that you're just going to attain to this spot and in your all of its earthly minded. You're only passing through this earth. You're only walking through this thing. You're just, you're just here to walk through this earth to do what you can to fulfill his purpose. But we're living for heaven, folks. We're going to heaven. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're going to heaven. If you know that you know that you know inside of your heart that God has saved you and the blood of Jesus has washed your sins away, bless God, you're going to heaven. You're going to live forever in heaven. Everybody say in heaven. That's where you're headed you got to get out of this earthly thinking, oh, so what? It didn't work like you thought about it over here. It's going to work on the other side. Whoo, did you hear what I said? Well, it didn't do, things just didn't work out like I thought they were. Listen, folks, I want to tell you something. I had to stop and think about this for just a second before I say it. I want to say most of the dreams that I've had that I had lined up for my life from the time I was a young boy till now have not happened. Hello? I never planned on being a preacher. I was going to be a cowboy. I was going to be a rancher. I was going to run ranches and do all those things that I I dreamed of as a young boy. Now I don't even own a cow. I got some stupid sheep. (laughs) Not (laughs) y'all. Some others out there. Let's get that straight here, okay? Talking about y'all. I got some others out there. And I just keep getting myself in trouble these last few weeks. (laughs) Whoo! Okay, so, but what I'm trying to say is it really doesn't affect me when I think on the fact that if I live to be 80, I'm going to be over there forever where everything does work right, okay? So you got the first thing you got to do is you got to understand that your purpose cannot be limited to this earth. It's tied in with eternity, okay? Your desire has to be that you, 
You, you, you want to advance the kingdom of God on this earth while you're on this earth, but you're living for heaven. You want to advance the kingdom of God here. You want to help people. You want to do everything you can on this earth to advance the kingdom of God, but your ultimate goal is eternity. So what you have to start doing is, right now this morning, you have to start be willing to lay your life down on this earth, maybe the mess that it is, but be able to lay it down before God and say, Lord, I submit my life to you. Okay? So you say, well, well then what if God then takes me and makes me a, you know, a, 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 wants me to go to Ethiopia and be a pastor? You say, well, you go to Ethiopia. Yeah, it'd be kind of tough. You know, I mean, you just uproot. You say, what about this? What about that? Well, let me just tell you something. I'm asking you this morning. Would you be willing to take the mess that you got as is and lay it down before God and say, God, I submit my life to you. I submit my wife, my family, my children, my debt, my finances, my increase, my, my good things, my bad things. Would you be willing to lay it down before him and say, Lord, I, I see where pre- the pastor's going this morning. The preacher touched me. I see it. I see what he's saying. And so I'm willing to just say, Lord, even if, you're, even if you're think you've already lived your life, take what you've got and lay it down before him and say, Lord, I submit it to you because I want to be in your purpose, not my purpose. And you know what happens? At that moment, hear me now, at that moment that you do that sincerely from your heart, then God, he's so excited. He's so excited to take your life. He's so excited to come in there then and take what you've got. And you know what? That becomes your purpose. Because listen to me, folks. You're not going to leave your children, leave your grandchildren, leave all of them and go off and never, never talk to them again because you'd be missing the purpose of God. That's why they're in your life. Your life would become everything that you have surrounding you right now. You're going to be ministering to your grandchildren. You're going to be ministering to your, your, your children. You're going to be ministering to those around you. You're going, to be, you're going to become the purpose of God in their life. He's going to take what you've got already got and start using it. Because it fell into his purpose. His purpose is for your life to bring him glory. You're trying to go over there and say, oh, well, I need to be doing this if I'm in his purpose. I need to be doing this. No, no. His purpose is your whole life being laid down before him and then him using that to bring him glory. So you're a carpenter, you're a welder, you're a, you're a school teacher, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a retiree. He just wants to take your life and then use that for his glory. And are you willing to lay it down for him? Remember, you're going to do your purpose or his purpose? You're a hog hunter, a plumber. Listen, a mess up, a worry ward. You're an angry person. He said, well, God doesn't want that. I've got to get all that straight before I give it to him. No, no, no. He wants it. He wants you just like you are. He wants everything you've got laid down in front of him, and he's going to turn it around once you submit it to him and use it for his glory. Well, he wouldn't want me. I'm, I'm sick. Oh, he wants it. He wants to take you and work with you 
and give you revelation and heal you and strengthen you. And on your journey and your walk, everybody around you, then you're an, you're, you're an encouragement and a blessing. He wants to take your life right where you're at right now. Well, Lord, I, he knows I'm crazy. He wants to take you crazy because he can make something out of it. He wants to take your marriage. He wants to take everything. He said, well, you know, our marriage is a wreck. It's a wreck. It doesn't matter. God wants to take it. If you'll submit it to him, if you'll lay it down before him and say, Lord, I don't want to do my purpose. I want to do your purpose. And he takes everything you got and he starts using it. If you're here today and you say, well, I want to do that, Lord, but my husband, he's not in agreement. Okay, well, then lay your part down and let God get in his part. You're not hindered. Oh, man. Sometimes I just get hit with these running through thoughts of the Holy Ghost, and I just don't want to say them, but I'm going to. So, so the problem is in that marriage, in that situation that I just said, and you say, well, oh, Lord, that you don't, you know, my husband, he won't do it. Well, see, once you submit your part, once you, once you lay your part down, then he can get rid of what's in you to work in him. Because the real problem is what's in you. You say, no, it's not in me. It's in him. Yeah, just go ahead and keep telling yourself that. Once he heals you, the other part gets healed. There you go. See, I got the preacher down here trying to preach him. <laughs> Y'all with me? Then he's doing it. He's got you healed. So he can work in that marriage. See, we always back again. It's your purpose. You want your purpose or his purpose? You want to lay it all down before him and say, Lord, I give it all to you. It doesn't look like much, but here it is. So then let me go to point two. Look at verse 12, Colossians 1.12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He's qualified you. He's qualified you. Everybody say, qualified me. You know what that word qualified means? It means to equip one with adequate power to perform his duties or to make sufficient. That's what qualified means. To equip one with adequate power to perform duties or to make sufficient. Oh, so wait a minute. Now, now when you decide to do his purpose, you're qualified. You say, well, that's not right, Pastor. You don't understand. I'm not qualified. Yes, you are. Because the day that you gave your heart to Jesus, the day that salvation came on the inside of you, greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Man, the power of the living God that knocked Jesus out of the, 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 the spirit of God that, that, that knocked Jesus out of death and brought him out of hell and resurrected him, it's, according to Romans 8, it says it lives in you and will make your mortal body alive. Wait a minute, there's great power on the inside of you. You already are equipped with adequate power to do what he's called you to do. But you got to get out of the way and submit it to him. There's one thing that will stop the power of God flowing in your life, and that is your free will. God's not going to override your free will. He is never going to come upon you and override your free will. You have the power to stop the power and the presence of God working in your life. You have it. By saying, no, I don't want, no, no, I don't want to do that. I'm mad. I'm going to stay mad. They're wrong until they repent, until they come to me, falling on their face, groveling and crying. I ain't going to forgive them. 
Well, you just stop the power of God flowing in your life because you're wanting something to happen before you're going to forgive. And the bottom line, God says, forgive your enemies. Yeah, but they're wrong. I know they're wrong. They're idiots. But that doesn't stop you from doing your part of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to Lord, I want to live a life submitted unto you. I want to do your purpose in life. And so, Father, I'm going to do my part. I forgive them and let you have the wrath on them. The moment you do that, then God says, whoo, now I can work. Now I can come in their life and I can begin to work things out. But until then, you, you've got it stopped. You've got him stifled. He qualified you. He laid all the tools out that you need to do the job that you've got set before you. But most of us don't know how to use it. How many of you guys in here have ever used a 12-inch crescent wrench as a hammer? Raise your hand. <laughs> See? Now I'm telling you. That is not what it was intended to do. That was not its intended function. But you got it done using it as a hammer to do whatever you wanted to, right? But that's not its function. You may be in life, you found a tool that God gave you. And you said, man, this thing works good as a hammer. But it's not a hammer. You may have some time that the Holy Spirit has to stop you and say, I need you to quit using that as a hammer that is a wrench. A hammer looks like this. Oh, okay. Makes more sense now. He's qualified you. He's already laid all the tools out. He already put it all out there, but sometimes we don't know how to use them. So you got to start talking and say, how to use them. See, you may be, you may be, you may got all your prayers mixed up. You may be rebuking the husband instead of rebuking the devil. It's a prayer of rebuke. The Bible says rebuke. Right? You can get your stuff mixed up. You got the wrong tool doing the wrong thing. He's already equipped you. He laid it all out. Now, this goes to the showbread. The showbread was laid out in the, in the tabernacle. And I read some stuff, and I don't know, you know, because like everybody's trying to talk about what the bread looked like. When I see, when you say to me, a, a baked a loaf of bread, I see a loaf of bread, right? That's what I see, just a square loaf of bread. We've all seen baked bread before it got into sliced bread. Y'all with me? But I was reading some stuff about it, so I'm like, this is just, this is just throwing it out there, because I'm not going to tell you, the Bible doesn't say, and this is what the bread pan looked like that they baked the bread in, okay? So I can't, I'm not standing behind this. But as I read some, and one of the articles I was reading said that they, they didn't, I've always thought that they laid the 12 loaves of bread out because it seemed logical to me on the table, you know, one, two, three, and I, I never thought about any sequence. It's 12 loaves. Did they lay, you know, four rows of four? Or did they do rows of three or whatever? But this article said from a, from a, a Jewish rabbi that they stacked them. There was only two rows and they stacked them six high. But then it said, it said that they were shaped like a boat. And I'm thinking, like a boat? And they showed a picture, like a V of a boat, that this is like the bread was shaped like this. And so I thought to myself, who'd make bread like that? And then I thought, well, I guess if somebody was forming a bread pan, it might be easy to just, you know, stick two sides 
Don't put a bottom, a flat bottom. I don't know. But then I thought, well, then how did they stack on six high if it had a V in the bottom? So uh, there was some contemplation here that I didn't understand. And I'm not, I didn't, after a while, I for, didn't care anymore. <laughs> Honestly. Because I'm, I'm just country enough to not going to go too deep in that. And that's not what God called me to. But my point is, the bread stayed before the presence of God. And the bread represented the bread of life, Jesus, that was coming. And it represented 12 loaves because there was 12 tribes of Israel, a loaf for every tribe. Okay? That I know. And so what does bread represent? Just think about it for a minute. What is bread? Doesn't it represent the bread of life? Pan de vida. Jesus, the bread of life, coming in all the time and being there for everything we need. Every time you have something, a tool, the bread. You've got it, 12 loaves, 12 tribes, your purpose, your bread. So the moment you step into doing his purpose, you get a loaf of bread that's there to provide every need for you. You get the bread of life coming into your life, helping you through every situation, through every trial, through every tribulation, through every joy. You get the bread of life. I'm telling you this morning that you have a loaf of bread when you're doing the purpose of God, that when you go before God, you say, Lord, I need some bread today. You got the manna that comes from heaven, that the angel food cake. See, I like cake better than bread. <laughs> the cake, the angel food cake that, that, you know, Elijah ate and went for 40 days and didn't get hungry. Are y'all with me? That the angel woke him back up and said, eat some more. See, those are good days. Those are good scriptures, folks. <laughs> woke him up and said, eat some more. The bread of life that you have for everything that you have need of in your life, everything that's coming when your life is submitted to God, when you're wanting to fulfill the purpose of God for your life, that in every trial, every tribulation, every story, every, everything you have to have an answer for, everything that comes your way, that there is a bread of life for you providing everything you need. So you say, oh, God, my, my, you know, my children, I don't know what, oh, oh, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to do this. But do you have some bread? To supply for that? The song we sang this morning about resting in the, in the promises? Just think about that. All of a sudden, you have a loaf of bread. This is your loaf of bread. Every day, the loaf of bread was changed out. Every day, they went in and they put in a new loaf, and then the priest ate that bread. That bread never spoiled. It never got mold on it. It never did anything except be life to whoever ate it. And then all of a sudden, you have a bread. You have a loaf. That's yours that you just keep slicing a slice off and every morning it's fresh from heaven, an answer that you have need of? You see, I don't know about you folks, but that sounds a whole lot better than me waking up and saying, God, I really need you to bless this because I need to go do this. Lord, I really need you to do this because I'm wanting to do this and I'm wanting to accomplish this and I'm wanting to go I'm wanting to do... <laughs> that all of a sudden you wake up in the morning saying, Lord, my life's yours and I know what I've got around me. This is my purpose. So, Lord, today, as I walk this direction, I think your bread's going to supply my need. And you're going to lead me and guide me and order my steps and prepare my way and make all the crooked paths straight. Finances start running short. Job, you lost a job. You got it, you're, you're trying to find another job. Oh, my gosh, what's going on here, Lord? That's okay. You got bread. You got bread. You got a piece of showbread there for you. Take care of everything you have need of. Let me go on. Third one. 
This is in verse 13. That he has delivered you from the power of darkness and conveyed you into the kingdom of his dear son. The third purpose you have is that you have been delivered. And the devil has no power over you to stop you from accomplishing your purpose in life. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? He cannot stop you. Oh, he can cause problems. He can, you know, like I got a dog and this, the dog was sick, had ear problems. And then I went to the doctor for the dog. Had Dr. Wiley come out there, looked at the dog, told me what was wrong with the dog. He fixed the dog. Now you know what happens? Now the dog barks all night. See, the dog barked all the time before, and then it got sick and it quit barking. I was like, glory to God, dog's sick, but praise God, dog don't bark. Now the dog's well. Now the dog barks. I was delivered. So it's an irritation, the dog barks, but it, I'm not going to die from it. Y'all with me? So the, the, the devil's like that. He's, he may be a dog barking, but it's not really going to be a big issue. It's not really going to be a big issue. Y'all with me? I've been delivered and the devil can't stop me from fulfilling the purpose of God in my life. May throw some rocks. May cause some stumbling, but he can't stop me. The only thing that can stop me is me stopping, walking out my purpose in life. Everybody say, I can't be stopped. Look at the person beside you and say, you can't be stopped. Let me go on here quickly. The fourth one is in verse 14. It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Folks, listen to me. You're forgiven for a purpose. Forgiveness, or rather maybe I should say repentance in your life, is the reset button to start over and get going again. Repentance, the ability to repent and, and, and know that forgiveness is there for you. Do you go and say, Father, I just repent. I'm sorry I messed up. Oh, you started taking back charge. God got in charge and things started going better and then you got back in charge. And then you wreck the car. And so you say, Father, I'm sorry. He pulls it out and you start from where you stopped. You say, well, Lord, you wouldn't want my life. My life's a mess. He loves messy lives. Because then when he gets more glory, when he gets it all straight. When your neighbor... His testimony of you is, yeah, you were a lunatic. And God sure has done something because you were a lunatic. God gets the glory. Are y'all with me? But forgiveness is your reset button. There's already been given to you. You say, my life's too messed up. You can do it. Well, then repent. Receive your forgiveness and take on off. Get up, dust your britches legs off and go on. Well, I've done too much. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me my God's not big enough to deliver you. Don't tell me my God's not big enough to forgive you. Don't you insult the presence of God by sitting here saying God couldn't do it. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you're going to get slapped in the face by me, I'm telling you, if you say something like that, that's about a good time to do it. Because if you're going to insult my God that he couldn't straighten it out. <sighs> Forgiveness. It's there for you. The fifth thing, Colossians 1.16, it says, 
For by him all things were created that, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Now let me ask you something. Do you realize that you were created by God? He said, well, I know it's my parents in the back of a Chevy. <laughs> no. <laughs> you were created by God for a purpose. You're not a mistake. Everybody say, I'm not a mistake. Look at the person beside you and say, you're not a mistake. You were created for a purpose of God. You were created by God for God. Do you hear what I'm saying to me? You were created by God for God. You were created. God Almighty created you. Formed you in your mother's womb. You were special and specialized to accomplish his purpose in your life. Nobody can deal with Robert better than Robert. I'm specialized to live my life because it's mine. I'm fearfully and wonderfully created in my mother's womb by my God for the purpose of God to bring him glory. Listen to me. If you start thinking and let the devil get you sidetracked in life and start thinking that you're not important, that you were not created, that you were a mistake or God messed up or why is this or why is it? Listen to me. You're going you're gonna to have a place in your life that the devil will always trip you up. But if you'll stand up today and say, God has created me. God has birthed me. God has formed me. God has made me for his place and his purpose. And Lord, I want to do your purpose. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're, you broke off all those chains. You're free to be able to be who God called you to be. Amen? Everybody say it again. I'm created. Now, quickly, I'm going to give you two hindrances to everything I preached. There's only two. But I'm going to give it to you right quick. Two things that are going to hinder everything I preach. When you walk out that door, the devil's going to try to talk you out of everything I said. Because the Bible says he comes immediately to kill, steal, and destroy the word of God. So he's going to two things that's going to happen to you in life that's going to come in there and try to steal everything I said today. The first one is in verse 21. Colossians 1.21. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet he is now reconciled. The enemy in your mind. It'll stop the purpose of God in your life. The enemy in your mind. Telling you you can't accomplish it. Telling you you can't go forward. Telling you God's not going to work with you. Telling you you're too big of a mess up. You're too, you're too this. You're too that. The enemy in your own mind is what will stop you from walking in the purpose of God. See, sometimes, folks, it's good to be an ignorant country boy. It's good to just lay back and say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but, man, I just trust you. You said you'd order my steps to prepare my way. I'm going to walk today, and I believe I'm going to be walking the right steps. When you get all in your head and the enemy of your mind starts talking, and say, well, you know, but this and that, and if God was really with you, then this, and if that was really happening, then this over here, and then what, then why did this happen? And then you know so-and-so, they were doing this. And you start living like that, the enemy in your mind is going to defeat you every time. If you just wake up in the morning and say, man, I'm blessed by God. Whoo, all of heaven sitting out there today. Like I was out this morning on my porch praying for y'all, praying for this service, praying over everything. And there was nobody in heaven but me. That's the way I saw it. 
I'm a simple country boy. It was me and the Father and Jesus and the Holy Ghost out there having a talk. We were having some coffee, drinking coffee, talking over the things of heaven. And there wasn't anybody else. I wasn't interrupted. Nobody else was beeping in. God didn't pause me and say he had another call coming in. He couldn't talk to me right now. No, it was me in heaven. That was it. And all around me were all the angels, the heavenly hosts, the armies that could get everything done. And so we sat there this morning, had a meeting, talked about service today. He told me what he wanted me to say. I said, well, you're going to have to get it out. I mean, you know what I mean? I'll mess up. You're going to have to get it done. You're going to speak to the people. You're going to open up their hearts. Ain't no good for me. I'm not that good of a speaker just to go out there and entice everybody with my fancy words. You're going to have to do it. And he said, well, I got it. No problem. He said, I can handle it. I said, oh, yeah, no, you know you can. I mean, this is the kind of meeting we had this morning. So the way I saw it go down, you say, Robert, you're just crazy. I'm happy. I'm happy. He said, don't take it. Don't try to take it away from me. I'm living good. I'm happy. God's blessing. I see him blessing in my life. I'm happy. I'm just walking along saying, Lord, here you are. Thank you, Lord. I mean, everywhere I go, he's there. Everything, Holy Ghost. I don't know who you got. I got them. He's by me all the time. Are you following me here, church? He said, well, that's just, you know, we're highly evolved, intelligent individuals. Well, you don't know. What you're talking about? <laughs> Why don't you just learn to back up, just live like an old country boy, and just be happy? And believe God has got hold of your life. Quit listening to the enemy in your mind. Let me give you the last one. Verse 23. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, and which was preached to every creature under heaven, and in which Paul I became a minister... Uh, the, the only other thing that can stop you is if you quit. If you don't continue in the faith. You listen to the enemy in your mind and you stop. See, it's really easy to sort about. What does the devil sound like? The devil sounds like you can't do it. You're not going to make it. It's going to be difficult. You're, you're uh, going to fail. God didn't take care of you. God didn't do this. Look at so-and-so. Those are the, what the devil says. That's the voice of the devil. Okay? And you start agreeing with it and saying, well, I know. I know. Well, then you just shut it down. The purpose of God for your life. The voice of God sounds something like, I love you. I'm with you. You're going to make it. We're going to get through this. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. That's the voice of God speaking to you. So it's your choice which one you want to listen to. The enemy in your mind and stopping will not fulfill the purpose of God in your life. So what I'm simply saying to you this morning, church, is this. If you lay your life down and you submit it to him and say, Lord, I want to fulfill your purpose for my life, it is what is right around you. That's your purpose. If he wants to develop it onto something else, fine. But he knows you already got the mess that's around you right now. And he's going to take that and start right there. And whatever else comes, comes. Are you all with me? 
So your purposes, your family, your children, your grandchildren, your life, what around you, your job, the people you're associated with, the ones you're going to run across tomorrow, who you're going to see, where you're going to go, who you're going to be talking to, whose hands you're going to shake, who you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, you're going to see. If it's nothing but the birds that are flying by, then bless them, bless God. If you're out, and, you know, because we're country people. I'm, I'm the person, like, I don't know. If y'all have ever seen the movie Jeremiah Johnson, oh, great movie, everybody. Everybody that loves the outdoors should see Jeremiah Johnson. And he'd been out in the woods for so long. See, you're laughing. You know, you know. And it, most of us are like, yeah, it's my favorite movie. <laughs> and so there's this one part he's been out in the woods for so long, he hasn't been speaking any English. And somebody comes up just talking to him, and they're speaking English. And he says, I've not heard so much of the English language in a long time. Sometimes I'm like that with my wife. We go to San Antonio, everybody's around me. I'll look at her and say, I've not so heard so much of the English language in a long time. Because you can stay up here in Utopia, man. You know, talk to two or three people a week. <laughs> Come to town, you saw all 20, you know. <laughs> get into the city and get around people, and you're just like, Ugh. something's not right. So whatever you run across, that's your purpose. Wherever you're at, that's your purpose. Amen? Amen? Put your Bibles up. Can I have my prayer team come down, please? If you're out there today and you're watching the broadcast, I just want you to know, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, Jesus loves you. And listen to me. Right there, wherever you're at, you can ask Jesus to come into your life, come into your heart. Just stop where you are and say, Jesus I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe with all of my heart that you can wash away my sins. Forgive me. I believe in you as the son of God. And right there, right where you're at, he'll come into you. He'll begin to he'll touch your heart. Salvation is yours, and you can be changed and set free forever from the power of sin. If you're in here, everybody stand up. If you're in here... And for you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the first time you've ever heard a message like this, and you want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, we're up here to pray with you. But if you're here today, and this message has hit you between the eyes, and you haven't really understood about the purpose of God, you've just kind of been doing your own thing and had your own goals, but today you want to make a change, and you want to lay your life down before him and say, Lord, I want your purpose for my life. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Okay? And I simply want to do this. Just lift your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. I asked you, you're praying for me this morning. And I'm going to pray a good general prayer with a whole lot of you. And so as I pray this, those of you just lift up your hands if you want it and grab it. Those of you out there listening and watching this broadcast, wherever you are, don't take your hand off the steering wheel if you're listening, but lift up your hand and just grab hold of this prayer. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just declare, Lord, every person in here you see, you see those that have their hands lifted, you see those that have their hearts lifted. And Lord, I just believe right now in the name of Jesus that we lay our lives down before you. We grab hold of the purpose of God for our life. We want to do your purpose and your will for our life, Lord. We see the mistake we've been making. We've been setting the goals, but Lord, not listening for you to set the goals. And so right now, this morning, we stop. We get off that train to nowhere. 
We lay it down before you and we say, Father, right now we want to walk in your purpose. We want to bring glory and honor to you. Take our lives. Take our lives and make something of it. Take our lives and show us how to operate them. Take our lives, Lord God, because we lay it down before you today and believe you to pick it up and do something with it. Now, Lord, right now we just shake off those chains of our works. We shake off those enemies in our minds that have distracted us. We grab hold by faith that you created us for this purpose called our life. And we're going to live it with all of our hearts for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now look at that person and say, man, I feel 20 pounds lighter. (laughs) Now, church, before I dismiss you, don't forget, those of you that want to be baptized today at, the, at Bill and L. Kellner's house at 2 o'clock, we're going to do a baptism there. If you're not sure where it's at, come ask me or the Kellners are over there. It's just, just a few miles out of town. And uh, so we'll be there at 2 o'clock. Anybody, anybody and everybody's welcome. And uh, bring something to get wet in. Praise God. And so grab the person's hand beside you. Lord, I declare right now in the name of Jesus that these are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. I declare, Lord God, that they are so blessed and that we're going to walk out of this building today knowing that we're going to fulfill the purpose of God for our lives. I declare, Lord, right now that as we go out, I declare, Lord God, that your hand is upon us. I declare, Lord, that as a church, we set our agreement with J. Paul and Marion over their new appointment in Hondo that they are blessed in Jesus' name, that everybody around them just loves them and desires to bless them. I declare, Lord God, that the anointing of God flows out of them into that congregation and shows them Jesus. Lord, and I thank you for that. And so, Lord, I just declare that as we go today, we are just determined to live for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. We're up here to pray for you, church. Any prayer you need, we're here for you.